Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Tuesday to you. It's Tuesday, January the 8th. Um, thank you for listening in to this podcast. I want to let you guys know that this podcast you can get five days a week. It's the only podcast that covers the 76ers that does that. Also, you know, I'm the insider for the 76ers. If you don't know, I'm the beat writer, one of the two beat writers. I'm the senior beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia Daily News, and Philly.com. So come here. You know, go online, read information about the Sixers, uh, Philly.com it is. Pick up the two newspapers I mentioned, and I will have you straight. And you will get the real talk. But enough about that. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, this morning. There's three topics. And the first topic I want to talk about, this whole Jimmy Butler situation. Um, to be honest with you, I'm starting to get tired of hearing about it. Um, I get it. <clears throat> Believe me. When you have a guy who has a, a history that Jimmy Butler has um, of the things that happened in the past, it becomes newsworthy. But I don't really think there's anything there at this particular time. Now, there is something there, but I'll tell you how it has to be rectified in the first segment. The second segment, we're going to just talk about how Brett Brown, the head coach of the 76ers, could keep everyone happy. And in the third segment today, I want to talk a little bit about this upcoming back-to-back that you know with the Washington Wizards. As you guys know, the Sixers play the Wizards tonight in Philly at the Wells Fargo, and then tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, they they will the two teams will meet in D.C. So right now, I believe that the Seventy Sixers, <clears throat> um, you know, have two winnable games, but we're going to talk about how they can win that. But let's start off with the whole Jimmy Butler situation. Okay. Now, everybody knows that Jimmy Butler comes with a reputation. He comes with a reputation due to basically um, not really getting along, reportedly not getting along with his younger teammates in Minnesota and his younger teammates with the Chicago Bulls doing his stint there. We all know that, right? That's been well documented. Also, he had a dust-up with, uh, where he called out players, coaches, front office executives, you know, when he was in Minnesota, you know, back in October, right? So everyone wants to go out and say, oh, Jimmy Butler got into it with Brett Brown. Now, that in itself is kind of newsworthy. I get it. I do. I do. But as a guy who's been around his team and a guy who covers the team, believe me, Jimmy Butler is not the problem. He's not. Not at all. No. No. So you can stop saying it. I mean, I'm seeing on Twitter where certain people are like, oh, you got to trade him. You got to trade him. No, you can't trade him. You can't. Not if you expect to win. Because let me tell you something. I grew up in Philadelphia. I know a lot of people here are diehard Philadelphia 76ers fans. But the reason why they went out there and got Jimmy Butler and the reason why they they went out there and got him after realizing the dust-ups he had with other teams is because free agents 
at least A-list free agents. You can overpay someone and they'll come. But A-list free agents are not signing with the 76ers. You know, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. So what they did is they went out there and they got Jimmy Butler. And they're trying to see how he'll fit. Now, Jimmy Butler will look at it as we all know. It's like, you know what? I can get this five years, $190 million, and I can go right off in the sunset where other teams could only offer me four years for less. So that's why it's a great marriage for both of them. Now, let's get back into this dust up and where some people may say it may be disrespectful. He may do this. He may do that. But why, why, why did he do this? Da, da, da. Listen, here's the deal. When Jimmy Butler came here, he was on his best behavior. He was being a Boy Scout, right? So he's here. He's like just saying all the right things. Everyone was waiting for when when the implosion would begin, but he was saying all the right things. Then guess what happens? Joel Embiid complains about how he's being utilized since Jimmy Butler was there. What does Jimmy say? Oh, I feel for Joel. I know it. We all, it's an adjustment phase for all of us, right? Now, mind you, Joel wasn't upset with Jimmy. He was just upset with the situation. You know what I mean? He's not upset with Jimmy. So I don't want anybody saying that he was. He was not. He was upset with the situation, the way he's been utilized, right? So then all of a sudden, Next thing you know, as, and I wrote this in Sunday's paper. You guys could read it. Go to Sunday's Philadelphia Inquirer. You could read the stuff that I wrote. But anyway, so Jimmy, then they have a team meeting that they asked Bruce Bowen, Bruce Bowen, a former San Antonio Spur, who's a good friend of Brett Brown. Brett Brown used to, you know, used to be his guy, his workout guy, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it. You, so they developed a great relationship. So he has Bruce address the team before they play the Spurs. That thing went left. I mean, went left. I'm hearing Bruce is like, I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. To Embiid. And Embiid's giving them this look like, bro, you got the wrong one. So guess what was Jimmy Butler doing? Nothing. He was sitting there like, wow. But he didn't do anything. You know what I mean? He didn't do anything. He was a good show, a good soldier. So to me, if I'm Jimmy Butler and I'm coming in here and I'm like, whoa, they're saying to, that, that I'm a problem. They're saying that everything is crazy here. So right now you have people complaining about the way stuff is being played. Nothing happens to them, even though they're complaining. No suspensions, no this and that. They get a slap on the wrist. And then you have a coach who has one of his former guys from the team that we're about to play telling us that we don't, that we need to accept our roles and become um, and, and become uh, better teammates and it's calling out our franchise player nothing happens so if I'm Jimmy Butler I'm like whoa okay so they created an environment here that I can say whatever I want to say, that I can do whatever I want to do, and it's all good. And you know what? There's no hard feelings. I can be me. I can be real. I can say whatever I want. So they have a meeting, and he addresses the coach the way he addresses him. Now, 
I'm here to tell you, inside, when you're in the locker room and you're walking, you hear Jimmy Butler talk sometimes. He's the smartest, one of the smartest guys I've been around. Honestly, he's smart. He's cal. I mean, he's smart. But like me, sometimes when I'm around my buddies, we talk and the curse words fly. It's just us. And sometimes when I address them, I don't address them by James, Nick, Joe, Steve, Chris, Sean, Raheem. I call them names sometimes. Now, so sometimes when you're around Jimmy Butler, that's how he is. A ditch of people he's cool with. But at the same time, now I'm not saying like this is what happened in the meeting. I'm just telling you, this is just how it is in real life, y'all. So you want this guy to be real and he's saying stuff. And then all of a sudden somebody takes it out of context. Now, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he could have delivered himself differently. But all I'm trying to say is it was already established that this is the culture. The culture. And if anybody looks at these games and see the 76ers play, we all know that Jimmy Butler needs to be utilized differently. Come on now. It's nothing new. He needs to be utilized differently. He needs to run more isolations. They need to run more pick and rolls with him. But see, the problem is you have to keep everyone happy. So when you do that for Jimmy Butler, you're taking the ball out of someone else's hands. So Brett Brown is tied, so to speak. But I'm here to tell y'all, for all these people who I'm hearing is, or tweeting and, and listening to on the radio and, and saying all this other stuff and saying, yo, Jimmy Butler's a problem. Nah, the culture right now is the problem. The culture has to get fixed, you know. And all he's doing is just saying what, what, what most people feel. Who knows? He, did he say, well, sir, well, coach, can we please do this? Coach, can we please do that? Nah. They created an environment where you can be candid in meetings, and the brother was candid. And guess what? No one, when Joel Embiid, when Joel Embiid told me, what he told me about how he felt like in the offense, people attacked me saying I made it up. Because I was the only reporter there that I made it up. Oh, it's being blown out of proportion, right? And then next thing you know, he kind of like says the same thing on Christmas Day. And people are like, oh, Right? Now, when Jimmy Butler says what he says, people are like, oh, he has to go. Well, how come he can't get the same benefit out that Joel Embiid got? Hmm? Is it because of his past? You know what I mean? So you got to, like, stop with that. I mean, it sounds crazy. In order for this team to win, I'm telling you, the way that this team is constructed right now, right now, the 76ers will not win in the playoffs without Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. They need both of them. Now, you can have Ben Simmons. You can have J.J. Redick. But if Jimmy Butler is not there doing damage, 
The team isn't going anywhere. Why? Because all this running up and down stuff, people stopped that in the playoffs. Why do you think Ben Simmons struggled last year in the postseason against Boston? Why do you think J.J. Reddick struggled last year in the postseason in Boston? Why do you think the Sixers lost? They did not have a guy who could create his own shot. They did not have a guy who could who was dominant in pick and rolls. They did not have a guy who they could defend on in isolations. So in the playoffs, if you have a two-man game between Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, the Sixers will be better off, way better off than what they were last year. So all this talk about people saying, man, maybe the 76ers should trade them. Man, maybe the 76ers should let them go. No, maybe the 76ers should utilize them better. When we get back, we're going to talk about how the 76ers could do, do just that. But, be, hey, no, but before I do that, I want to let y'all know, if some of you guys want to do some advertising for this podcast, you know, I, I think that for you guys, this is the perfect place for you to go, right? You know, is 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 a, you know, is a place where, you know, people could do some, you know, some sponsorships, what I mean. You know, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Sixers is listened to by 98% of men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at K-P-O-M-P-E-Y at phillynews.com to find out about our prices. And I'll be back after this break. All right. Now, look, we talked about, you know, how the 76ers could utilize guys better, right? We also talked about how we also talked about why, in my opinion, um, you know, they're having problems. Now, if you want to think about this, think about once the 76ers made the trade. I mean, this isn't new to y'all. They made the trade. And you remember before the trade, you know, we all noticed that Dario, even though he was the power forward, he was always in the high post, right? He was in the high post. Embiid was on the low post. You know, Ben would, would slide down, you know, um, you know, the whole nine. And then once the trade came, it was like, hmm, Joel Embiid was in playing in the perimeter. Whereas <laughs> um, Ben, you know, Ben was on the block. Well, you remember all those points that Joel used to get in the first half, first quarter? Hmm, they were all becoming Ben Simmons points. Joel be turned into a stretch five. Now, he shoots 30%. Now, don't get me wrong. He likes shooting stuff, trailing. But then... That's just him freelancing. Then all of a sudden, that became his role. Shots weren't falling. He wasn't as effective in the game. And then he became upset. So now all of a sudden, the Sixers go back to making him happy, feeding him, trying to feed him. And then Jimmy Butler was more like Robert Covington role, which isn't his role. Like I said before in the first segment, he's an ISO guy. He's a guy that thrives in pick and rolls. But for the most part, he was just running up and down, getting in where he fits in. No, that's not why you bring a guy in like that. 
So my suggestion is, you know, the 76ers have four guys. All four of them need to eat. We're talking about Jimmy Butler. We're talking about uh, Ben Simmons. We're talking about Joel Embiid. We're talking about J.J. Redick, right? Now, if someone is going to really have to sacrifice, it's going to be Redick. Yeah, it's just going to be Redick. He's the one that's going to have to take a hit. You know, he's the one that's going to have to go back to be his role in Golden, excuse me, in the Clippers, where, you know what, he always occupied a man and he would hit an occasional three, wide open three. But when it came down to clutch time, it became a two-man game between Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Well, right now, this is how you do it. So you get J.J. occupying a man, you give him shots when he can, right? Early in the game, what you want to do is to keep everybody happy is you make sure you feed the ball to Embiid, right? You get Embiid off in the first quarter, right? First half, give just get you, boom, dump, dump. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you, there are times that you keep um, Jimmy Butler engaged. You keep him involved, right? You just keep him involved, keep him engaged, right? Well, then whenever, like, and B goes out and Simmons is in there, then you got to feed him on a block. You have to. Get him in there. Get him in there. Allow him to have the ball, you know, allow him to get his stats, allow him to do whatever, allow him to be engaged, right? Well, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, when it comes down to, as some people say, clutch time, nut-cutting time, whatever you want to call it, it's all about Joel and Jimmy. It becomes that's when uh, that's when JJ occupies a man. That's when JJ runs around. He does what he does. You know, he plays JJ ball, but JJ Reddick goes back to being JJ Reddick of the Clippers, and you have the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands, and you play a two-man game between him and Embiid, right? And I'm telling you. The Sixers will be at their best if they do that. Not only that. Not only that. You will keep everyone happy, I guarantee you. Because at this particular time, Ben Simmons, until his shot is better, until he perfects his shooting, and he's working hard, the ball, he doesn't want the ball in his hands late in the game. He doesn't want to be the guy that has to shoot the shot. I mean, shoot the uh, the game winner to go for it. But Jimmy Butler does. Joel Embiid likes passing out of double teams. You know, he's trying to perfect that. He, I know he's struggling a little bit with that, but you know, it's something he can do. And then with Jimmy Butler occupying space, he could dump it down low, and then Joel can get some fees. Because as long as you got J.J. occupying the man, and you have the ball in Jimmy's hands, and Jimmy's has proven. Jimmy has proven that he's a game winner. He can he can win. Like he won two of the first seven games that he played in with three pointers in the in the final second. So he's proven that he can do that. I'm telling you, it will work, and all people will be happy. Right? It will work, and all the 76ers will be happy. We'll be back in a few seconds. All right, y'all. So let's talk about this upcoming game. So the 76ers played the Washington Wizards tonight. It's going to be, like I said before, it's going to be the first of two games. 
back to backs. You know, the Washington Wizards, hmm, you have to say that the Wizards are the most, one of the most disappointing, if not the one of the most disappointing teams of the season. 16 and 24. You know, right now they're playing, they're without two starters. Um, wow, they're without, look like we're without three. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, they got some injuries. They got, like, some, some injury uh, histories. Um, but, you know, the one guy that they do have, well, the main guy that they're missing is John Wall. We all know John had season-ending surgery. Um, I mean, we're talking more than that. Like, Dwight Howard, that's another starter that's done. Um, Markeith Morris, Otto Porter, you know. So when you look at it, this is a banged-up team. So the only guy that you can say that who should be starting in the perfect world is uh, Bradley Bill, um, the 25-year-old, you know, from St. Louis who went to college at the University of Florida. You know, Bradley Bill is a, is a you know, guard. Um, he's averaging 23.9 points and five rebounds, right? You know, now, again, I told you this team is, is struggling, but they've been playing very fairly well as of late. You know, they won three out of the last four games after losing three straight, right? Um, they beat OKC a couple, two nights ago, um, and that score was 116-98. and So they really took OKC to the woodshed. Before that, they lost to Miami in, in Miami, 115-109. Before that, they crushed Atlanta. You expect them to crush Atlanta. That was 114.98. And they got a quality win against the Charlotte Hornets, 131.26. Now, when you talk about Bradley Bill, here's a guy who had 30 games and where he scored at least 20 points. All right? They only played in 39 games. So, you know, that's pretty good to take 30 out of 39, right? Um, you know, he recorded his first career triple-double on December 22nd against the Phoenix Suns. Right, and when the Sixers played uh, Washington back on November the thirtieth, he had nineteen points. Right, um, he's coming off of twenty-five points, six to six, and five rebounds against uh, OKC. Now, the guy who I like on this team is Trevor Ariza. You know. Washington acquired him on December the 17th from the Phoenix Suns in a trade. You know, he only played one game. He played one game against the Sixers this season. That was with Phoenix. You know, he had, and two days ago against OKC, he had 25, excuse me, he had four points and seven rebounds, right? So some people might say, hmm, whatever. But his career average against the Sixers is 11 points, 5.5 rebounds, uh, assists. Now, Bradley Bill, on the other hand, has been averaging 19.5 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 3.7 assists against the 76ers, right? Now, when you look at this series, this is kind of like a a crazy one because the home team typically wins, 
recently. You know, recent history, the home team wins. You know, the Sixers own a 180 to 121 uh, series record against the Wizards, right? Now, the Sixers have won five straight at Wells Fargo. Five straight at Wells Fargo, right? And the last one was 123 to 98 on November the 30th. But when they go down to D.C., which they're going to do on Wednesday, the same two teams, the Sixers have lost eight straight. So this is a series where the home team wins. I think the Sixers, depending on who plays, I think they could win both of them. I think they could sweep these this back-to-back. I think they can. Because I just, sorry, I like Thomas Bryant. I think he's a good player uh, for, you know, for what his role is. But I think that Thomas Bryant is going to have a tough time guarding Joel Embiid. You know, Thomas Bryant is a 6'10", 248-pound second-year center who came there as a backup. And, um, you know, he averages 8.6 points, 5.2 rebounds. And I think he's going to have his hands full on both nights. You know, you have Jeff Green, you know, 6'9", 265. You know, out of Georgetown, you know, forward. You know, he's a good player. He's averaged 11.4 points. But, you know, I think at this part of his career, he's more as a better utilized probably as a backup on a, on a, on a, on a quality team. You know what I mean? But right now he's in a starting role. And, you know, I guess you may pair him against Wilson. And then you have Trevor Ariza, you know, like I told you. But then the Sixers have Jimmy Butler. So I think a lot of it is going to come down to what Bradley Bill can do, of course, but also for the Sixers, what um, Joel Embiid can do. And I expect Joel Embiid to score a lot of points. You know, this could be one of these games where Joel Embiid had 30 in the first half or 28 and then ends up in the 40s. You know, I honestly think that that could happen. Um, So it's going to be... Interesting to see what the Sixers can do, but I think that they'll pull this out. Um, I expect them to pull it out. And in regards to, and I'm talking about not just one, but I'm talking about both of them. Uh, um, and in regards to the whole Jimmy Butler situation, like you know, guys, I'm just telling you, keep it. Like, don't 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 fool yourself. Don't trick yourself into thinking that this is a problem. Now, guess what? If it is a problem, it's a Sixers problem. It's a Brett Brown problem. It's not a Jimmy Butler problem. And what I mean by a Sixers problem, Brett Brown problem, is you can't single out one guy for having a, a meeting and saying certain things when other people say the same. You know what I mean? You just can't do it. You just can't. You can't. You know, we talk about the culture. They pride themselves on their culture. But there's been so many things that happened that could go against that. So as I'm saying is, you know, you don't do that. This guy, you got to feed these guys the ball, and let's keep it real. This is the NBA. This isn't the first time that a superstar player called out a, a coach or had a conversation with a coach in front of people and voiced their displeasure on the way things are going and, 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 and before. It's not. So let's not act like it is, you know. If if if, if you want everything to be hunky dory and this and that, 
Well, it's not going to be that way in the NBA. You know, this isn't college basketball where the coach has all the power and the coach says, hey, if you don't act a certain way, I'm going to take your scholarship. No, it doesn't happen that way. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow and have a great day. Peace.